Fierce Fan Media. Bloop, bloop. No, wow, that's the first time you guys have, like, I've started recording and no one's talking. Everybody must be sober <laughs> still. Aaron. <laughs> I know, not for long. <laughs> I'm drinking tonight. I'm drinking. Working on it. I'm working You're on drinking it. tonight, Aaron? I might have to rally. I wasn't I just, drink. You know what? Last week, <laughs> I I was. Hi. A, yeah. <laughs> I was so, I couldn't feel my legs at one point. I was like, am I? Am I still sitting here? And then like you guys were talking and that's when I think we were talking about space. So I was like, I can't handle this. I am not okay. Oh my God. Like five days later, Aaron's texting me and she's like, I couldn't sleep at all last night because I'm worried I'm going to die in space. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? You fucking weirdo. I literally, I know it's so stupid. I don't understand my brain. I don't get it. I don't understand why it fixates on this shit. But all I could think about that night was like, Oh my God. I was like, like, Aaron, I promise you'll never have, you don't have to go to space. I promise. I know. And I'm like, she I know, goes, Jackie. She goes, if you guys are going to space, I want to go to space. <laughs> <laughs> I can't guarantee we won't have a Wally situation someday. Right? Not in our exactly. lifetimes, guys. Okay. I, I wish. We're old. You never know. Yeah, I couldn't explain it. Forever. I am old. Oh my God. We're old. Yeah. I, I told my oldest daughter that she had to clean her room today. And so she was like totally moping about it. And she went in and she put Wally on and said, I'm going to pretend I'm Wally cleaning up the earth and just like get through it. And I was like, whatever you have to do. <laughs> Aaron, I think you just have a big imagination. That's what makes you a good writer. Hope so. <laughs> I hope that's it. like literally all I think of was like that movie Event Horizon or there's that other one with Rebecca Ferguson in it where they're like, oh God, I just think just bad things happen when you're in space. In a spaceship. Yep. With aliens. According <laughs> to Hollywood, yeah. With aliens, yeah. Yes. It, it always. It's always the fucking alien. They always come and get you. I love you so much, Zach. I love it's, you too. It's just, <laughs> you complete me. Okay. I can't sleep. <laughs> Worried about dying in space. That's not going to waste money on, spend, on sending you to space, honey. I promise. <laughs> you never know. They might be like, we need one person that's terrified. And then they'll be like, let's, let, who can we find? And then they start listening to the podcast. And <laughs> then they find the window. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrified. I can't do it. <laughs> I don't even think I can take the G force of getting out of Earth. Like, I, my body can't handle that shit. Yeah. I can barely handle roller coasters anymore. Like, I get nauseated on them. Like, even before they I'm start, I'm nauseated. I am, I'm getting old. Nobody's sending you to space. No one's sending you to space. <laughs> Oh, thank God. But if you guys go, like, sedate me, take me, whenever you gotta go. Knock me out, bring me. Yeah, it's fine. Just roofie me, it's fine. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Weekly Wind Down. I am Jackie D, the literary lesbian. I'm Stacy, the new age old school mom. I'm Erin, the non-space geeky gal bell. <laughs> I'm Julie, the lip, uh, wait, shit, what am I? Julie, the not-so-lipstick lesbian, there we go. Did you almost say the lipstick, the lipstick lesbian? lesbian. <laughs> I mean, you can False. be. You can be. Absolutely not. It's never You're been my beautiful. style. You're beautiful. Never been my style. Okay, so. <laughs> um, he's thrown in the towel. She's not hurting us tonight. I'm turning over. Uh, I'm going to make Julie the host. Ready? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see her? what do i do no i'm just kidding julie i wouldn't do that oh. to you. Okay. 
uh, tonight, <laughs> tonight oh, I'm drinking uh, Ravenswood um, Dickerson Zinfandel. It's from Napa Valley. Cool bottle. Ooh, um, someone brought it over during the Christmas party, and it was I found it in my cabinet, and I was like, "This is good night, Zenny." <laughs> so. <laughs> Here we are. I'm not a big Zinfandel fan, but this actually isn't bad. So if it's not bad in my first few sips, I'm sure I'm going to love it by the end of the podcast. So by the end um, of the bottle, Zinfandel usually for me just has too strong of a taste, but this one does not. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. I always feel like you need to drink that one with like something, right? You know what I mean? Like it can't be in my palate. Can't be like alone, just wine. I need to have like a sandwich. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I don't know why. Sandwich goes that. with everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You need a Sammy. I'm going yeah. to get there. I'm going to get there tonight. I'm getting there. Drunk Aaron. Aaron needs Yay. a Sammy to go with her Zin. <laughs> Real classy. <laughs> um, I'm drinking Steve Knott's. It's a Barbera, which I don't usually buy. It's a red. It's I got it for Christmas and it is the last of my Christmas wines that I've gotten through the reds. Um, it's like Jack said, it's a strong taste. It's, I don't, it's not bitter, but it like shocks your mouth, maybe a little tart, but it shocks your mouth. But then like, after you drink it, you're like, no, that was good. So Mm. by the end of the bottle, I'm going to love it. I'm sure. Like a Leo, they walk in, you're like, what the fuck? And by the end, you're like, all right. (laughs) Yeah. I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you're not mad Tito's. at me, I can do it. I am not drinking Tito's, guys. I'm not drinking Tito's. I am drinking Kirkland Signature. Ah, so you're drinking Grey Goose. Yeah. Grey Goose. I'm doing it and for a couple of reasons. A, Gail bought it for me because I told her. I was like, Jackie said I can drink Grey Goose. <laughs> she goes, Jackie's telling you what kind of vodka. I was like, she wouldn't let me drink Tito's. And then I went back and. I felt really bad. So can you please get me Kirkland signature? And she's like, that's not Grey Goose. I was like, yes, it is. So Jackie said, and yeah, also Gail hates you. No, she (laughs) She loves you. She loves you. But it's Jennifer Aniston's birthday today. So she drinks Grey Goose as well. So I feel very good. She She doesn't have to drink the Kirkland's version, but probably not. She probably gets the big giant Magnum Grey Goose. I'm sure Grey Goose just gives her stuff. Oh, Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. If you know she drinks it, it's because Grey Goose has given it to her to drink and tell people she yeah. drinks it. Yeah. Maybe we'll get big enough. I can promote my Jack Daniels and they can start giving me shit. Right now, I, Besides a hangover? Drink, yeah. I drink enough of it. Jeez. <laughs> I would do whatever Jennifer Aniston said too. So it's fine. It's fine. Hi, it's River. Fine. I'm like a cat. I'm going to drink my whiskey with Red Bull, but I'm going to be intermitting it with Gatorade because I'm hungover. But since everybody's drinking, I'm going to rally. So that's sucker for peer pressure. Why are you hungover? Because I drank last night. (laughs) What were you (laughs) drinking last night? Whiskey, Red Bull. Oh, nice. Was it a celebration of sorts or were you just drinking? I was, was just that, what do you mean? It was just thirsty Thursdays. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. You know, why no Wednesdays, Kila Tuesdays. Here's what's weird. Thursdays. I had counseling yesterday, and every time I go to counseling, I want to drink. Like every time I get out <laughs> of I'd be married to one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, today. Who doesn't I'm, drink? I'm drinking today. Yeah. Okay. 
So uh, we got some, um, oh, Stacy, the political princess isn't with us for the next few weeks because she is directing a musical. So um, she hasn't left us. We haven't kicked her off. She's just, she has more important things to do apparently. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. But she, she directs musicals for um, the local high school. So that's what she's doing for the next few weeks. So let's just jump into it, huh? Um, one of the things for our political discussion tonight that I wanted to talk about, because we had another incident with uh, Amir Locke in a no-knock warrant, um, I wanted to kind of go over the no-knock warrants and uh, the impact that they've had um, in America and the, well, I mean, since they've essentially been around, but, um, and get your guys' thoughts on them and kind of go over my thoughts on them. So, uh while we get into it, what a no-knock warrant is. So we'll start at the beginning. So English common law, so it dates all the way back to 1604. Um, and then uh, English common law required law enforcement to knock and announce um, that they were entering a house. And that was carried over also into the United States. Then in 1958, the Supreme Court of the United States recognized that police must give notice before forced entry uh, in for federal criminal law, the rule regularly requiring knock and announce is codified in uh, 18 U.S. Section Code 3109, meaning that's why when you see on movies and stuff, when they knock, they say police open up, they have to announce their presence. But in 1963, a Supreme Court ruling in Curvers, California, set a precedent in favor of forcible police entries involving drugs out of concern that evidence would be destroyed. However, in Wilson versus Arkansas in 1995, the court created an exception to prevent the destruction of evidence. Um, and then in 1997, it sought clarification allowing for no knock warrant searches when police have a reasonable suspicion that knocking and announcing their presence under the particular circumstances would be dangerous or futile, or that it would inhibit the effective investigation of crime by, for example, allowing the destruction of evidence. So we have to remember too, in 1997, this is at like the peak of the war on drugs. Also, I mean, I think we were all dare kids where police officers came in and, and talked to us about how, uh, you know, pot's a gateway drug and heroin and crack and all kinds of stuff. So the no knock warrants were permitted at kind of the height of that to help crack down on um, drug dealers. Uh, No-knock warrants may be issued in every state except Oregon. It's prohibited by state law. It's prohibited by state law in Florida and Virginia. Um, in Utah, uh, a 2014 law prohibits no-knock warrants for cases involving only drug possession. So in Utah, there has to be more crimes than um, drug possession. And then in 2021, a law passed in Maine limits no-knock warrants to certain high-risk situations, and they require that all police use a body camera when entering in. Um, but in 13 states have laws explicitly authorizing no-knock warrants, and in 20 additional states, no-knock warrants are routinely granted. One of the problems with um, our tracking of this is they're not required to actually keep statistics of no-knock warrants that are issued. So we only know um, in cases from from Maine and in Utah, because they have to do a comparative, they have to give such 
distinct and um, particular reasoning that they actually do keep track in those states. But everyone else, we can only gauge how many no-knock warrants are actually approved um, and allowed because they don't they don't keep track of them. That was one of the things that the police unions fought for um, and, and got passed. So we're going to go over the controversy. No-knock warrants are controversial for various reasons. There have been cases where burglars have robbed homes by pretending to be officers with a no-knock warrant. There have also been many cases where armed homeowners, believing that they were being invaded, have shot officers, resulting in deaths on both sides. While it is legal to shoot a homeowner's dog when an officer fears for their life, there have been numerous high-profile cases in which family pets lacking the size, strength, or demeanor to attack officers have been shot, greatly increasing the risk of additional casualties in neighboring houses via over-penetrating bullets. So as you can imagine, if a police officer fears for their life, which we all know the threshold for that is a person's emotional knee-jerk reaction, um, shooting at a dog in and of itself is horrific, especially if that's your family dog, but it's also increasing the chance of a bullet going through a neighboring house, especially if you're talking about a more urbanized or suburban area, as opposed to like some rural farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. So some of the most horrific cases of no-knock warrants um, and on May 27th in 2014 in Cornelia, Georgia, a police informant alleged that he had bought $50, $50 worth of methamphetamine from Juanis Tonavia, a 30-year-old dealer as a resident at a residence belonging to Amanda Thornadia, his mother. The dealer did not reside at the house, which contained no drugs or weapons, though a family of four young children living inside the house was there. Um, Sheriff's Deputy Nikki Autry secured a no-knock warrant after awaking a county magistrate at the home at his home and making inaccurate sworn statements to him. Police executed a no-knock warrant at 2.25 a.m. on May 28th with a SWAT team breaching the door with a ram and throwing a flashbang stun grenade into a room containing a 19-month-old child. Oh. The grenade exploded inside the infant's playpen igniting the playpen and his pillow, causing blast burn injuries to the face and chest, a complex laceration of the nose, upper lip and face, 20% of the right upper lip is missing, the external nose being separated from the underlying bone, and a large avulsion burn injury to the chest with the resulting left pulmonary pulmonary. pulmonary contusion and sepsis the infant was placed in a in a medically induced coma and needed serious a series of surgeries that cost more than a million dollars um he became the subject of a lawsuit against the police department to pay for the medical bills the legal case was argued the children's toys including a a plastic child's pool were in the yard the packaging for the playpen and infant the infant was sleeping as was next to the door that the police breached the lawsuit alleged that police were plainly incompetent for failing to realize the child was in the room. The search yielded no drugs, no drug dealer, and no weapons. The drug dealer was arrested the next day without the use of a flashbang grenade. Um, one of the more famous ones recently was the case of Breonna Taylor. I just um, want to touch touch on something real quick, Jax. And if mm-hmm. anybody hasn't ever been near or close to a flashbang that shit is and it's meant to be debilitating yeah like if it goes off in the same room as you next to you that even down you know a couple houses down from you 
it is like, I mean, it's meant to do that. That's what it's supposed to do is stun who, who's ever. So imagine it. that being dropped in the playpen of an 18 month old. That's what I'm, I mean, I just, that's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Like oh, that's, that's, that's <clears throat> oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, March 13th, 2020 Louisville Metro police department officer shot and killed Brianna Taylor in her apartment after being fired upon by Kenneth Walker, Brianna's boyfriend while executing a search warrant shortly after midnight. Although police had received court approval for a no knock entry, they did knock and announce themselves prior to breaking down the door, according to Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron. However, Walker claims that he only heard banging on the door and no announcement. Walker fired the first shot. Uh, Walker said he fired his gun due to not knowing who the intruders, the tr- intruders were police. Walker was charged with attempted murder of a police officer, but the charge was dismissed. And then on September 23rd, 2020, a grand jury indicted one officer for wanton endangerment for blindly firing shots that entered a neighbor's apartment. But no officers were charged in the death of Breonna Taylor. So they busted down the door. He shot first, not knowing who was coming in. They shot back, killing Breonna Taylor. And they're only being charged with firing to a neighbor's house. Um, well, we all know kind of how angry people are over Rihanna Taylor because it's, it's just such gross negligence, but I, I think what a lot of people don't realize is it doesn't start or stop with Rihanna Taylor. This has been going back since, since no knock warrants were first issued. And I'm not going to read all of these, but, um, two former Los Angeles police officers, along with 13 others have pled guilty to running a robbery ring from 1999 to 2001, which used fake no knock raids as a ruse to catch victims off guard. The defendants would then steal cash and drugs to sell on the street. So it's not just, uh, citizens, everyday criminals that are using no knock warrants as a, as a false deterrent to just be able to enter houses and take things. It's police officers have been involved in them too. Um, and then we also have, this goes all the way up from an 18 month old to a 92 year old woman in Atlanta, Georgia was killed by three undercover police officers during a no knock raid in 2006. Assuming her home was being invaded, Johnson fired one shot through the front door, which went over the officer's head. Police officers fired 39 shots in response five of which hit Johnson and some, uh, some of which also hit the officers in an instant of friendly fire. One officer was later convicted for planting three bags of marijuana in the home after the fact. Oh, but no yeah. one was convicted for. Right. Uh, Tracy Engel was shot in the house five times during a no knock warrant raid in Little Rock, Arkansas in January of 2008. After the police entered the house, Tracy thought armed robbers had entered the house and intended to scare them away with a non-working gun. The police expected to find drugs, but none were found. He was thought uh, after he was shot, he was thought to be in intensive care, but police removed him from intensive care for questioning, after which they arrested him and charged him with assault on the officers who shot him. It just goes on and on and on. In 2016, Farmington, Massachusetts agreed to settle a claim by the family of Uri Stamps for $3.75 million after SWAT officers shot 68-year-old in the back while he was while he was compliant and lying on his stomach after a no-knock warrant. It's in 2016, uh, jury in Corpus Christi, Texas, acquitted Ray Roses for attempted capital murder because he concluded that he was unaware of the three home intruders he shot were SWAT officers. The reason that I'm I'm talking about the other ones too is this is no knock warrants are so clearly dangerous for police officers 
as well as the citizens and neighbors involved. But the whole reason we're talking about no-knock warrants this week is because of the one that just happened with Amir Locke. So during a homicide investigation, St. Paul police applied for a warrant to search an apartment of a relative of Amir Locke and then applied for a no-knock warrant at the insistence of the Metropolitan, uh, the Minneapolis Police Department. Locke was not the target of investigation. A 22-year-old man who lives in the apartment who had 10 prior convictions, including sales of cocaine and marijuana, assault and obstruction of the legal process, had um, been on a a list of calls to that apartment. So since since 2021, to investigate threats, disturbance, narcotic activity, and domestic abuse. So at 6.48 a.m. on February 2nd, police unlocked and opened the door to the apartment Police body cam footage reviewed by reporters showed several officers quickly rushing into the apartment at the same time, several yelling police search warrant, one officer yelling hands, hands, the other yelling get on the ground. Locke was lying on the couch wrapped in a blanket and an officer kicked the couch. Locke then sat up and turned toward the officers while holding a gun that he was legally allowed to have and still In an still image released by police, his trigger finger is along the barrel of the gun. He was shot twice in the chest and once in the wrist. The encounter took less than 10 seconds. Locke was treated at the scene and transported to Hennepin Healthcare, where emergency medics determined that Locke did not have a pulse and pronounced him dead at 7.01 a.m. Two individuals inside the apartment Two individuals were inside the apartment after the shooting. An autopsy reported by Hennepin County Medical Examiner released on February 4th classified the manner of Locke's death to be homicide due to the gunshot wounds he sustained. So, again, in this instance, I'm not even saying the officers didn't have a reason to enter that house. They did. But a no-knock warrant caused the fatality of an innocent person who had no prior criminal inflections and was legally allowed to be carrying a gun. So a no-knock warrant going in kind of blindly like this in the middle of the night, you don't know what's going to happen when you like rouse people from their sleep, especially if they're armed. The police have no way of knowing who's in there. And I understand that's kind of the point of it. I just personally think it's too big of a risk for all those involved. And are are we really going to weigh the lives of officers and civilians against drug possession like i just don't uh, i just don't understand do we really need to be is it worth it i guess is my question to you guys these no knock warrants no i I mean the like julie was saying before we started recording it seems like there could be a place for it like her instance was like human trafficking drugs obviously not there i get the idea behind it but it seems like it's proven in the statistics that it, it yields more bad than good. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why it keeps going on, why it's still a thing, even when these go ahead, Joel. Here's, here's my thing though, too, that I, and I'm, I'm going to almost kind of take back what I said. I think it would have to be a very specific type of circumstance because I think what people don't understand is a no, a, a warrant where you have to knock on the door or where you have, they're still able to enter the house if they've been approved to do that. Like they can still bust down the door. They can still go in the house. They just have to announce themselves first. And I think people don't understand like the, the difference between that. 
either they're just going in completely blind, not letting anybody know who they are, or they knock. It's just, just like you see on the TV shows. It's the police. It's the police. It's the police. Boom. And they can go in. So I think even with like the trafficking thing, what does it hurt to announce yourself? You know, when you're pulled, when anytime you think about a cop, they have to identify themselves so that the people know who they're shooting at. If, if they decide to shoot people or whatever, to draw their guns, fuck for all they know, it could be an intruder coming into their house. That's half the problem. Like what, what is the harm? And I I get, okay, but what does knocking on the door take 10 seconds, 15 seconds? You're not going to, if you have a bunch of drugs in the house to the point where your house is being raided, you're not going to be able to get rid of that much, that many things in that 10, 15 seconds amount of time, even for human trafficking. Again, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I've never done a no walk knock warrant. I'm not a judge. I think it would have to be a very specific I could see trafficking maybe being a thing so that nobody's able to run out the back if they were looking for somebody specific. But even then, the house is still surrounded. I was just going to say, yeah, isn't the house surrounded? It's, it's like, it's the it's only kinda... thing that I could imagine being the, the difference of busting in without warning and knocking and saying it's the police would be somebody running out the back door. So instead of no knock warrants, why don't you make sure you have at least four people and put them on each side of the house? Or if it's an apartment, put them at each exit window, whatever. And if they're doing, if they're going into a house, they've got more than four people. They got a truckload of those motherfuckers rolling in there. So instead of doing no knock warrants, because you're afraid the person's going to have time to flush their drugs or run out the back door, surround the house. And then it's the police. It's the police. Give them like a 30 second warning. Cause like you said, they're not going to be able to flush all those drugs or, you know, get kids out of the house, whatever the case may be in that amount of time, but at least they have a warning and they know that it's the police and not an intruder. You know what though, in in a situation like where they just threw that flash bang in blind, I don't even know a no, a no knock warrant would have prevented that, you know, like having to announce yourself. Okay. That's assuming they would have answered or assuming they maybe would have gone and grabbed the baby like if they're I think the the bigger picture of it for me personally would be doing a little bit more surveillance on the house before you go and do something like that people usually have a little bit of blinds open cracked windows or you know what I mean I mean fuck you have heat infrared you could use that and see there's a little hot bundle right there. That could be a child. Don't throw it. That or a loaf of bread. Could be a loaf of bread. Baby on board, sticker on the car. Like there's right. so much evidence of children yes. being in a home. Like, come yes. on. I, I think I, that flashbang one is just like negligence all around. It broke my heart when I read that one. And I, I agree with you. When I was When I was reading these stories, I was like, what does it hurt to do even 12 hours of surveillance of that? I get that you don't have the manpower to set up two months worth of surveillance on some of these houses right. and stuff, but does it, is it going to kill you to do 12 hours, six hours? Like yeah. some of this stuff is just so negligent and, and so preventable. Also 35 shots into a, a 96 year old woman, like mm-hmm. cut, Come on, guys. Like, I just want to do. I want to do. I feel too. Obviously, this goes, this speaks to the um, 
like the innate brutality that exists within police departments, right? Like they, um, I think a lot of times, um, and is it adrenaline? Is it, it whatever it is? Uh, it's, it's shocking to me how often this happens and the police officer that did the killing because it's, they killed somebody doesn't get reprimanded, does not have to go, does not go to jail, does not get, you know, anything. And it, it just brings up the question in my mind is how often, like how often can you kill someone as a police officer and not get in trouble for it? Like I just, and I'm not talking, oh, he got suspended. No, motherfucker killed somebody. These fuckers need to be put in jail. Like it does not matter that they have been given authority. That's, it does not matter. Like you have, the authority has to be given and, and, and respected, right. By all parties. Right. Like, so that means that even the person that has the authority needs to respect the fact that they have this power and don't let it make, like, don't let them be power hungry. Don't let them be fucking trigger happy. Like it just scares me that the idea that like a police officer can just barge into someone's home regardless of whatever the charge is and just kill someone who's innocent and not get in trouble for that. Like that just does not make any After they have not announced who they are. Right. It just makes no sense. It doesn't make sense that it's legal to do this. This is like a procedure that they do, but then a lot of them do get in trouble for it. So like, like, do they go to jail for it? Why is this still a thing? If we're saying it's okay to do, but the outcome always ends up being so bad right like i'd like and to see a list of them actually working like can we get that list yeah right like because is that long is there like are we just seeing like the little you know like the five or ten that don't go well or is this never fucking really work you yeah. know like well, they're not required to keep statistics on it that's what and that's fucked up that right there is fucked up when you have so many things that go negatively right like you've you've done this procedure so many times and there are so many things where not just oh someone stubbed their toe and oh man someone's gun discharged and everything's fine no someone got fucking killed then that means that you need to start keeping track of what actually is fucking working well one of the things that i think that needs to be reformed and i think the list with police is long that needs to be reformed why isn't it why isn't it sop for standard operating procedure for every police department everywhere i don't care if you're podunk middle of nowhere or san francisco pd that anytime you're issuing a warrant why why aren't body cameras required every police officer should have to wear a body and for the reason of not to get the cops in trouble but i mean if there's some nefarious actions they should be, but for training purposes to continue yeah. to, to make this a, a less, there's always going to be risk, right? It, even right. if you're going into a house that the people are completely guilty and should 100% be in jail. If there's 15 rapists in there and we we're going in to get them, something could still go wrong that we could use as training to prevent the next time that that isn't the case for going better. And I, I don't understand the apprehension on behalf of the police union and the National Police Association to not want to improve their operating procedures. Every business in the world is constantly pulling data, comparing results, analyzing data points to make more efficient and better practice of their business. And I I feel like 
police officers in general, I'm not talking about individuals. I, I do. I truly believe there are good cops out there. I truly believe that. But yes. I, I think that overall, they think that admitting any failure is admitting complete failure. And, and that's not how any other business operates anywhere. The military, Stacey and I were in the military. They're constantly improving how they go about things. The rules of engagement for military members in a hostile war zone or are more stringent than that of police officers in the field. Rules of engagement in war, I'm going to say it again, <laughs> are more stringent and you can face greater penalties than that of police officers in the field going after our own citizens. I sent Julie a, um, a screenshot a few weeks ago comparing the amount of months that our police officers in the United States spend in training versus the rest of the world. And this is what I'm saying. This isn't, I'm not even blaming individual cops at this point. The system has not set them up right. for success. Our police officers train for 500 hours. In other parts of the world, you it's a two-year program before you're a police officer. The, the next closest one to us for 500 hours, which is essentially what, like eight weeks, something like that, eight, eight 10, 12 weeks, is at least six months, like six full months of training. And then it goes up for a year, year and a half, uh, a lot are, are 18 months, and then two years. It's some essentially of these countries don't even have they're not even carrying guns. Right. Some of them, you know, it's, like, it's essentially it takes longer to get certified to cut hair in the United States than to be a police officer by four times. Like That's crazy. So it's, it's and two things. It's two bananas. Things. Number one is we are not cop hating defund the police people for any new listeners out there. That is not what our podcast I mean, is about. We're not borderline <laughs> <laughs> like we're not cop hating people we have people in our lives loved ones that are or were cops my father-in-law was so we're not those people number two I totally agree with like why does not why are we not like putting cop cams on every single person <clears throat> even traffic stops because I don't even want to hear like oh like there's not enough funding I literally bought one on Amazon for $24 for my cat. Like, real cheap. You bought one for your Renesme? Well, yes, because I want to see where she goes. I'm sorry, my dog is freaking out. I feel too like, I feel like also it's, it's important, I think, to say like, if you were wearing like a body cam, right? Like if a police officer is required to wear a body cam, like, and that police officer does end up killing somebody, it, it could be like, look, I did the right thing. Like, yeah, protect them both. The That's rules, what I was just like, say. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like absolutely. Why, why wouldn't you want to like protect yourself as well as? But it's because the system is broken. They've been allowed to get away with so much shit. They're 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 like I think like almost like brainwashed into this like hatred of what of whomever they're hunting instead of like remembering that it's a goddamn human fucking being. I don't know. I what I was gonna say about before my dog went bananas uh was about like oh we don't have the funding those little cameras are so cheap and to put them on every cop I feel like it would decrease the amount of money that we put into them having to go to trial because how much money we spend paying families out after the fact because of loss and pain and suffering right it's right there on camera everything is right there on camera for the good and the bad you know like Mm -hmm. it backs them up without a doubt 
so it just doesn't I don't understand why it would feel far less guilty in my mind like if you knew you were being watched and you did something that wasn't good like it would almost be like okay like this person clearly um their adrenaline whatever like they they saw something they did the wrong thing but it wasn't necessarily their fault that in my mind it's like you're being watched so you're going to try to abide by as many rules as possible because it could come and bite you in the ass and then maybe your your penalty shouldn't be as severe because you were being watched and not just not just that and i agree with you both completely you could also treat it like game tape like athletes do you could go back and watch these raids and see what you could do differently and see how to approach situations differently because when officers and civilians have to give their statements afterwards, they're all giving statements from their point of view, how the police officer perceived the threat and what was happening is going to be very different than the person that's house these people were coming into. So if you're able to actually review the game tape, so to speak, you can improve your training processes and you can, you can access more of behavioral analysis that you can say, okay, we went in on warrants and 12 out of 15 times people pulled guns. So maybe we shouldn't be approaching from the front door. Maybe we should be approaching differently. Maybe we should be giving a one minute warning with the house surrounded. Maybe we should start saying you have two minutes and we're coming in. You have two minutes to get all people under the age of 18 out of the house. Like there's, okay. I don't, I'm not saying those are the solutions. I'm saying maybe that's what we find after reviewing them. Right. So not permitting this kind of transparency in a situation where let's face it, some of these police departments are armed the way the military is armed going in. You're setting yourself up to be the bad guy over and over and over again. And they have lost in the public opinions for most people, not all they've lost the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. because how do you, how do you justify with a straight face shooting a 92 year old woman that many times who fired on you because you came into her house on a no-knock warrant. I didn't even go over the list. I didn't even pull the list of police that have entered houses with the wrong address. (gasps) My God, with the wrong address. And I'm not saying this clerical mistakes don't happen. Of course they do. The stakes are bigger, but you know what? 12 hours of surveillance prior to a no-knock warrant would have cleared that up. Mm-hmm. They would have been able to identify that they have the wrong house or that they had the wrong intel or whatever and reassess. I just don't understand why more care is not taken when they scream from the the rooftops. You just need to trust us. We're here to protect you. Shut up. Give us our tax dollars. And believe me, I work for local government. More money goes to law enforcement than anything else. Anything else. I can't get a new bathroom built, but we just bought a new $3.5 million helicopter. Okay. For the sheriff's department. I'm not saying they don't need it. I'm just saying they're funded. They're funded. (laughs) They're, they're getting their money. And I I personally think if we were to put up bills and referendums that stated, listen, we're investing in body camera footage. We're investing in some, some analysis of data points, and we're going to increase our training. I think you could get Republicans and Democrats to agree on that and fund it. Like as much as left as when people say, and we've covered this on here before, 
And for the majority of people, when they say defund the police, I know not all of them mean this, but the majority of people don't mean actually take all of the money from police. They're saying all of that money that's sunk into police services for uh, tanks and rocket launchers and battering rams needs to be reallocated to other funding sources to help with this type of situation where we're going in and knocking down doors and shooting people 35 times. There needs to be other avenues to deal with these types of things than just pure, brutal, blunt force. That's what people, I mean, we've said it on here before, the marketing was terrible. They should have hired someone before they came up with that slogan because right? it's just atrocious. Refund, yeah. but like the reallocate. Reallocate is what they yeah. actually mean. They don't mean yeah. they don't want police officers and we need to really look at why is it take less time to become a cop than it does to cut people's hair? Why does it take longer to learn how to shave a cooch or wax a cooch than to carry a gun? Why? I'm just saying, why? But wax a cooch. Wax so a got, cooch. So I've got totally a- going on the meme tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the podcast. <laughs> So I, 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 there's a couple things. I think that there's probably more people wanting to cut hair than there are, especially now, than there is wanting to be cops. So you've already got, you know, 50 people, whatever, in your salon that are cutting hair and you're pushing these people through this process. Just get them on the street, start but writing tickets. Why? Why do so few people want to be cops right now? Because it's dangerous right now and people have lost respect for them. Why? Because they're, so- because they're training. I, I get what you're saying. It's, 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 it's all a vicious circle. <laughs> but yeah. I, I also think... <laughs> yeah. Come with me. The video, all of them wearing cameras, I think that's fucking bullshit, them saying that it's funding. Because like Jack said, th- they have money. We all know that yep. police department, sheriffs, sheriff's departments all have money. The only answer is that the obvious one, they don't want their people being filmed or the department doesn't have faith in who they've quote unquote trained and put out. Of, that is literally the only answer. And I bring it back to my company has us anytime we go and pick somebody up, he, my, my owner makes us wear cameras. He sends out an email about every few months reminding everybody, make sure to wear your cameras, make sure to wear your cameras so that people can't make accusations against you guys that are not true. Because sure. he, he has faith in us. Make sure you have your cameras on. Why every police department is not like that. The only answer is that they do not have faith in their officers. They are scared about what they will film on that footage. That, I mean, that is the only reason. And that's fucking nuts. Terrifying. I work for a parks and recreation department. Parks and rec. We, we build slides. Okay. And anytime I have to call an employee in to my office to have like a disciplinary discussion, I ask them every time, if you would like to record this conversation, please feel free to do so every single time to not just to protect them, but to protect me. Right. I tell them every time, if you're more comfortable recording, please, please feel free to do so. Parks and rec. (laughs) there's no reason nowadays technology is everywhere it's so cheap and so Mm scalable like there there is 
There's just no reason. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, even in the smallest communities, if you went to those communities and said, we need $5,000 to fund police body cams so that we can ensure not just the protection of our officers, but for the protection of our civilians as well, uh-huh. who would like to spend this money on this? Citizens would give you the money. They, uh-huh. they, people don't want to hate cops and cops don't want to be hated. And even the people who are defund the police, all they want is accountability. Everyone wants this. Everyone. Cops want to feel safer. A lot of times people don't, even the good cops feel like they can't make a difference because it's their word against the bad cops that they're trying to take down. They get blackballed. They get pushed behind that thin blue line is a real thing. And it's a real thing for cops too. They turn on those that turn on them. If you made it more transparent, you could avoid all of this. It's just, I don't understand why we still have no knock warrants. I don't understand why we don't we're not have we don't have body cam footage on every police officer in the field i just i don't understand why we're not u- utilizing technology like infrared you could have seen that 18 month 18 months 18 month old and do i think the police officer intentionally threw it in that playpen of course i don't even if he was the worst man that's ever worn a badge i don't think they have it out for an 18 month old it was a horrific accident that could have been avoided. Avoidable. Could have been avoided. Right. I'm sure he feels awful. Uh, of course. Like, how, how, how would you not? How would you not? So, Even yeah. if that house was crawling with every despicable person you could imagine, no one wants to hurt an 18-month-old. We can all agree that that is an innocent that has no business being harmed. I don't think right. that of him. I, I also wish... He would have had the gear and equipment and the training and the the capacity to have gone about that differently. And if they collected actual realistic data points, if they were actually tracking this kind of behavior, if they were actually paying attention, they could have avoided that man, that police officer's guilt forever. That baby would not have to grow up with not just all of these surgeries that they need, but the trauma. Could you imagine an 18 months old having the trauma? of that happening, even if he doesn't cognitively, cognitively understand what happened, that's going to live with him forever. Like Uh there's just, there's no way around it. That could have been avoided had they they collected. Oh yeah. Of course it cost the, it cost the agency millions and it should have. But again, what's better paying for body cams or $4 million in a child's life? Like did, did that officer lose his job or anything, or it was no? Because it wasn't intentional. I'm not saying all this isn't going to happen. Still, a gross accident could still happen, but you're lowering the statistical probability. Right. Uh-huh. right. I just feel so like I just can't even imagine working for a place that cares so little about me that they don't want to provide me with every option to protect myself, yeah. including body cameras. Well, the, but the, the brain, the brain, the indoctrination starts as soon as you get there. Right. But it it's starts just so as crazy soon as you get me. there. It's just so nutty to me. It's also, this is what has happened to our police force. Like it's, 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 it's a predominantly sad. male field. Uh-huh. Okay. It's it, you, you see it in the military too. You're talking about a predominantly male field where people go into it at a young age, 21 years old is the requirement to be a police officer. It's even younger for the military, but 21 years old. 
it's most of these individuals, first time out of the house, first time away from their parents, first time away from their friends, a college degree is not required. So they haven't even, and I don't mean when I say college degrees aren't required, I don't mean like, oh, people with college degrees are so much smarter. I mean, they haven't been out in the world to experience being away from like home in different circumstances right. around right. different people. It's a maturity that's, thing. That's what I mean. Yeah. Not, I don't mean it based on like, oh, you should have a degree in physics to be a police officer. I'm talking about just growing up in age. And they're forced into the situation, which is predominantly alpha males. And they want to impress each other and men peacock and they want to be big and bad. And like all of these things that are, it's like a perfect storm of egos and, and (laughs) mob mentality, mob mentality and not being accountable because they can get away with things that others cannot. They can, all they have to say is that they were afraid for their lives. And maybe that's true in some circumstances, but then again, maybe it's not. Yeah. Cause if I just accidentally, accidentally shot someone just accidentally, I would have to go through all, all of it, all of it in order to either a go to jail or b get off somehow. Well, it's like what we said about that. What's the kid that just, um, Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. You know, young and feeling powerful and police saying good job and you know like it's it's those guys that are entering the police force young you know it Ugh. totally makes sense we're failing our cops we're failing our citizens it's just i don't think no uh, discontinuing no knock warrants fixes everything but i think it's a start to evaluating police department approaches to things yeah and i think It should take an awful lot to get one, like an awful fucking lot, like a lot. I just don't see the harm in announcing who you are. If you are going, I'm telling you right now, if somebody busted through my front door, I'm grabbing my, I'm at least grabbing my gun. I don't know that I would fire. I'm at least grabbing my gun. And just the fact that I would have my gun, they would probably shoot me because it'd be pointing at them. They would probably shoot me. I do not see the harm in announcing who the fuck you are yep. how, how how can you light somebody up 39 times or whatever and when, when they don't know who they're shooting at you know and like you said a lot of these especially like the SWAT teams and stuff they're not going in there with identification they're going in masks black, black all black I mean yeah I'm, I'm gonna point my gun at you until you tell me who the fuck you are or before you shoot me first mm-hmm. you don't know who they are you're not just gonna sit here and oh well, hello, you know, like, yeah. well, especially <laughs> if you hear someone my mind. busting in your door and you hear your dog bark and a gunshot go off and your dog's dead, I'm, you're, I'm you're, shooting. you're freaking out Yeah, because if they're yeah. willing to walk in and shoot your pet, they're going to walk. You have no reason your lizard brain, your, your, your prehistoric part of your brain has it's no fight reason. Or flight. To, yeah. Fight or flight. Yeah. Right. And I if just had this conversation with my daughter who she was at softball practice late one night and so she had to sit there for five minutes while I'm driving to pick her up and there was a guy walking around and so her first instinct was oh I'm just gonna put my pocket knife in my hand you know because there's a full-grown man walking around and I'm right on the edge of school campus and he Mm -hmm. had walked by and said hi and then walked back and so she was like I'm just gonna put my knife in my hand so she got in the car and she told me about it and I was like okay whatever and then she starts talking to me about you know what are the laws around if I had felt 
threatened if he had come towards me you know like what if I killed somebody and I said well you know self-defense laws you know like if he had a weapon too and we get into it and she's like okay what if I'm at home you know and somebody busts through the door and like I shot them then what and so I was going over like all these scenarios with her and I felt bad because the more I explained it the more I was like I don't want to tell her not to defend herself because she's afraid of going to jail she's a girl she's small she's you know young I'm thinking of her in her first apartment and somebody busting through the door and not having a weapon and her protecting herself and then going to jail I'm not going to tell her that don't protect yourself wait and see if he has a weapon wait and see if he's there to cause you harm or if he just thought he could wait and see if he announces that he's a cop in the wrong apartment right so i'm like damn this is not something i've ever had to think about to explain to another person who i want to protect and say no whatever you have to do you shoot first ask questions later because our laws are so like backwards that that's not always the case if somebody came in to rob her and they didn't have a weapon and they just wanted her tv and she shoots them stabs them hits them with a baseball bat whatever she may do and they didn't have a weapon and the police come and she killed the guy and he was just there for the tv she's going to jail he was he didn't go there with the intent of harming her he was caught off guard that somebody was home you know what i mean if somebody breaks into your house, you could shoot them. Here, well, here's no the way. other thing that I don't think so. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You shoot yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Here's the other thing that's <laughs> nerve wracking. You have so in Brianna Taylor, Brianna Taylor's case, the they shot in, they shot, they fired, the police fired because they were being fired at, and bullets went into the apartment next door. Okay, how how. How much more time does it take for these police officers to go to sur- to surrounding apartments and say, come outside, we're about to hit the house next door, give us your phones, like whatever, we're protecting you. We don't want any random, but we have too many instances of, I was thinking of your daughter when you said this, like in her first apartment by herself, we all know our first apartments are, are in questionable areas where the the probability of something like this happening increases how much more time does it take for a police officer to knock on a a neighbor's door and say this is going to be happening in the next 20 minutes i need you to come wait outside with us yeah to avoid civilian casualties even if you have the right apartment even if they have people that they're trafficking in there even if they have an arsenal of weapons why wouldn't you go out of your way to protect the people in the surrounding areas? That's your whole job as a police officer. I think yeah. because they would look at it as your, you could be possibly giving away that you're there. So you knock and you say, give me your phone. We're about to raid yeah. this house. Yeah. I think there's a lot of moving parts into that. Like if the neighbor saw you doing that. I don't know. I'm just saying, I think that but the problem with that, like you're saying, what you're saying to do, I think is right, but they're more worried about getting the person than they are protecting the other people. Right. If that makes sense. Right. So you now know? we're, again, we're weighing a drug conviction over the possibility of civilian life. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is it really like, I get the bad, I get drugs are bad, but isn't the loss of human life, shouldn't it be worse? Shouldn't it? 
But I mean, look at look at what we've gone through the last few years with COVID. Like the loss of human life means nothing to certain people in this yes. country. And it is sad. It is fucking sad. And it's it's heartbreaking. It's, you know, I like look at the fuckers that don't wear masks or the, you know, yada, yada. Like there's so many people that just do not give a fuck about anybody but themselves. And at the end of the day, I always think to myself, police officers really don't care about anybody but themselves. Listen to me. And that's Before scary. I was, so when I was in the Navy, my ship led the bombing of Iraq in 2003, whatever that was a hundred years ago. Three days before we dropped bombs, for three full days, our pilots dropped thousands, hundreds of thousands of leaflets in villages saying, we're coming, get out. Right. If you're not involved in this conflict, get out. Hundreds of thousands of leaflets for days. And then we bombed them. I, I just, I guess I don't understand why we take more care in foreign countries in war actions than we do in our own streets with civilian yeah. actions. That's all I'm saying. I don't have the right answer knocking on doors, warning people. I don't know what the right answer is. I'm not a law enforcement professional. I just know we spend days dropping leaflets in Iraq, warning people who weren't involved in the conflict that we were coming. Right. That's a really good point. And maybe if you got away, maybe some of them did, but mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I don't well, know. We, say, like, we saved a lot of people also. And right. that's for sure telling whomever you're bombing. Right. You're coming. Like, we're coming. You're yeah. coming. We're going to yeah. bomb the fuck out of you. Like get out. Get like in my mind, then it's like they're, you're probably all like whatever, mil, whatever is it the Marines or the army or whichever was like ready for the fleeing of said person. Oh, the Marines so are already like, there. Yeah. Right. Like, so it's like, it's all like a thing. It's like a system. So what yeah, a lot of moving parts, but to protect innocent lives, that's what we did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't, I don't have all the answers. I don't think it's a one size fits all kind of thing, mm -hmm. but we should be making some effort, <laughs> some yeah. effort. Well, and I think that's a good point too. Like what, what you're saying is it's, it, it would be circumstantial, mm -hmm. like maybe not if it's a house, maybe not going to knock on a neighbor's door, right. but an apartment right. where you're literally sharing walls with other right. people. Yeah. Yeah, that that would probably call for some type of evacuation of the surrounding people right you know yeah mm -mm -mm. all right stace you're up so i didn't um mean to make this whole episode political obviously i i didn't you know that's <laughs> not me but the things i chose were pretty political so the first one is and i apologize to everybody that i have to read um but i don't want to get these bills wrong so the first one is the don't say gay bill. Um, this is happening in Florida. Uh, Florida. <laughs> Proposed legislation Florida in Florida. Ounces? That made me laugh so hard. <laughs> Florida. The don't, the don't say gay bill would limit discussion of sexuality and gender in Florida schools. Proposed legislation in Florida would restrict how teachers can discuss sexuality and gender in the classroom. Um, supporters say the measure empowers parents who deserve to have a say in what their children learn, but critics who have dubbed the proposal don't say gay argue it'll strip protection from the LGBT kids and have a chilling effect on educators. Um, versions are also called the parental rights and education bill. Um, it passed in January, cleared the Senate this week. 
What's in the bill? Under the House bill, Florida school districts may not encourage classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in primary primary grade levels or in a matter that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. The bill doesn't specify how age appropriate developmentally appropriate would be defined. I'm guessing it means elementary school, which would be usually K through fifth. Um, the governor DeSantis uh, is totally DeSantis. We only call him DeSantis around here. Around these pots. Uh, <laughs> he quoted saying, you've seen instances of students being told by different folks in school, oh, don't worry. Don't pick your gender yet. Don't do all this stuff. They won't tell the parents about these discussions that are happening. And this is entirely inappropriate. The larger issue with all this is parents must have a seat at the table when it comes to what's going on in the schools. Oh, my God. I fucking so, hate him. <laughs> God, I hate I, him. I've never hated anybody as much. I feel like my worry is where, where does it? it, all of it, where does it end? Like what is appropriate and what isn't? I get not saying like, okay, we're not going to talk about gender and sexuality anymore because these kids are too young. I, I don't get that because I teach my kids about it, but okay. Say that's the thing. What if there's a child who comes into third grade and says, I identify now as she and this person has previously identified as he. So now the teacher must say, okay, and identify this person as she and tell the students. So then when the students say, why is this person now identifying as she, this is a boy, what's going on? We're talking about third graders here. So they're going to ask questions. Now the teacher is not allowed to explain gender identities. Whatsoever. Not in Florida. Not here. Not, Not here. here. <laughs> you can't sit here. So basically yeah, no. they're saying that, that kids can't uh, identify a gender or even experiment with identifying a gender until, I'm going to say fifth grade because I feel like that's where you can go into middle school usually. You know, sixth, seventh, eighth, usually middle school. So these, I'm going to guess that that's what they mean so under fifth grade you're not allowed to go through any identity crisis whatsoever or my kid thought he was a dog today that you can talk about here <laughs> that's right that's right like what the hell florida florida is the biggest piece of shit it's funny they, they talk about one of the things that's interesting to me about the current republican party is they they talk about us canceling things, the liberals canceling things and, and us being snowflakes and like all this stuff. And yet they're, they're the first ones to scream. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that because it, it offends me. That offends me. I don't want my kids knowing about that. I don't want my kids hearing about that. I don't, I don't want, if your values are as strong as you claim that they are, what does it hurt for kids to hear anything? Kids are so unaffected by that kind of stuff. Like, I, I swear to God, on the way home, I my kid told me, "I, your daddy dog, your mommy dog talking to Lex, and I'm dog today. So that's what we're going to call each other. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> that's that's just... your house. I was the dad for Peppa Pig. So <laughs> like, let, let kids, they're exploring how things work. They're exploring different dynamics. Like the more you tell a kid not to do it, it and it's dangerous, it's egregious. Like 
trust parents to have these conversations with their kids at home. A kid can go home and say, my friend, I, my friend, Kevin now wants to be called Kendra. I don't know what to do. And let that parent talk, talk to them about it. Like let, let them deal with it. Trying to mitigate and litigate everything in schools. Teachers are now expected to protect your kids from school shootings. They're expected to know what to say if your kids come out. They're expected to know how to handle child abuse. They're expected to know how to handle sexual abuse. They're expected on top of all of that to teach them about history and math and English. They're expected to not talk about politics, but still talk about current events. We put so much fucking pressure on teachers. Either they need to be paid $300,000 a year for what they're worth, or parents are going to have to start accepting some personal responsibility and say, that's interesting that you heard that. This is our family's belief on that. And here's what I want you to do. Inhale it on a case-by-case basis and let the parents deal with it. And teachers should just... Say if a parent want if a kid comes in and says, I want you to call me Kendra, call him Kendra. It doesn't matter about your personal views. Like all of these things, it's not as complicated. They're making an issue out of it. It's the whole, it's the same thing that North Carolina did when they made an issue out of the gender bathrooms when it wasn't an issue. Okay. Mm-hmm. They made this huge deal about it when 90% of the time you have shared a bathroom with a transgender person and not known it. They made it a thing. They're making it a big deal. And it's all it, it, it's identity politics and it, it really grinds my fucking gears because it's all they accuse liberals of doing and they do it tenfold. Like now you're making a law. They're constantly want to make laws about it. Constant bathroom bills. Teachers can do this and can't do that. I'm sorry if I'm a teacher and I have a kid that I think it is abortion. If I, if I think a kid is in danger of harming themselves or being so depressed or so suicidal and what would change that is calling them by their preferred name or pronoun. I'm going to give that to them because you know, it's more important to me than your fucking laws is this child's well-being. Teachers don't become teachers to be rich. They do it because they care about kids. They care about the future of America and the world. They care. So convincing a teacher to intentionally harm a child emotionally because now you've put it into law is disgusting. So you fucking Republicans who are constantly talking about what snowflakes liberals are, you're the assholes making laws about everything. You, you are the assholes that are trying to, to fine people $10,000 every time they, they go against your whims. I'm just so (laughs) fucking tired of it. There's actually your ass backwards as usual. Yes. Get 100%. your shit together. Well, That's not going to happen. Too, like, this is all DeSantis is running at, at president. That's all this is about. He doesn't yes. care. He yes. doesn't he, fucking care. Super extremes. Like, I don't agree with, I know it's trendy now with actors and actresses. And I feel like that's trickled down to the norm where people have babies and they say, we're not assigning our baby a gender because we're going to let them pick when they're old enough. I think that's an extreme thing to do that is too far one way it's hard huh it's hard to do too like yeah it's more confusing right right it's more confusing i don't think that that's the right thing to do but i feel like this is the other side of the extreme where it's let's not talk about it until they're 12 years but they're not trying to pass laws about it right so those people who are trying to raise their children like that they're not saying everyone should do it like this 
Right. They're making a parenting decision and saying, this is what we're going to attempt to do. They're going to find out real quick. That's real fucking hard, but they're not trying to say, this is my belief. So everyone should believe this. There's also, there's also an interesting bill uh, that is like on the table, I think in Indiana, that is a teacher's bill, right? Like it's another fucking bass backward state as well. And that's where I used to live. Like, I don't know how to actually level up. (laughs) I just, level down come with us Aaron I know I need to move to California (laughs) I'm trying to talk Gail into it we'll see what happens probably won't happen whatever so anyway like and that one is not necessarily the like a don't say gay bill necessarily but it is one that is their entire lesson plan has to be like completely concrete for the entire year so the teaching works no. And I just like, I thought I was like, okay, so do you guys remember uh, just recently Biden, like the military bombed and got yeah. the ISIS leader, right? Like if that had happened, like in the future, after this bill passes, if it passes, like you can't talk about that. You can't in your government class, talk about a political current event. No, you can't. What the fuck? Like, it's well, that actually is like a fantastic segue into my next topic. Because oh, awesome. Look at me. I think, like, okay, so my next one is the um, Oklahoma bill. Um, <laughs> this one. Okay, so Oklahoma bill would allow teachers to be sued $10,000 for teaching anything that contradicts a student's religious beliefs. This is Senate bill. 1470. It was proposed by Senator Rob Standridge and it is dubbed the Students' Religious Belief Protection Act. Okay, I'm going to read it off because I don't want to quote anything wrong and then we'll talk about it. Okay, Oklahoma City. A Republican Oklahoma lawmaker has proposed proposed legislation that would allow teachers to be sued if they promote contradicting religious beliefs held by a student. Um, Under the proposed act, Teachers can be sued for $10,000 per incident, per individual, for teaching lessons or promoting material perceived as anti-religious or in opposition of a student's religious beliefs. I in, can't even. <laughs> in its current state, the bill outlines that if sued by a student's parent, guardian, or parent's friend, the teacher can get no help paying the $10,000 fine. Okay. So my question, my big thing, my thought here is, is this a way of, I feel like people are trying to take teaching history out of schools. I feel like that's real obvious. We've banned books now. We've banned talking about certain things. What people, have, don't, people who burn books ever been on the right side of history? Right. People don't want to, you know, talk about history because they think that it's putting ideas in kids heads that don't need to be there we don't need to teach about slavery because then that means the african-american kids of today are feeling oppressed when they don't need to i've heard all the different things do you think that this is the beginning of pulling all history out because if we can't say anything opposing a student's religion how are they supposed to talk about anything in history that has to do with religion well number one this isn't going to hold up because you're the first amendment guarantees your religious freedom so you, you can't dictate this isn't iran we're not running under sharia law like you can't dictate you could have a, 
a Jewish person in that classroom, you could have a Muslim person in that classroom, you could have a Christian, you could have a, an Orthodox individual, you could have a Catholic person, you could have a Buddhist, a Hindu, like you could throw a rock, hit a fucking religion, like whatever. So you would offend fucking everybody. Like, right. again, I think these people need to grow the fuck up and realize that instead of teaching your kids that you can't listen to anything else, have some convictions in your, in your principles and teach them about what you believe and then let them go out into the world and decide what they believe. Like this, this is so atrocious. And I, I, I truly think it's, it's virtual signal, virtue signaling. I think it's for votes. I think it's to speak to the national consciousness of look, Christianity is trying to be taken because no one was debating this before. And now the attacks on this are look, they're persecuting Christians again. They don't, they don't want us to exist. Like it's disgusting. If they're pushing this to be a thing, that means that we couldn't talk about the Holocaust because if one kid raised their hand and said, tell me about the Jewish people and the teacher. You didn't talk about the native Americans either. The Jewish religion says a, B and C. And there's a Christian said kid sitting in class that says, well, my God, a, B and C. So that's, that's not. Yeah. Then that teacher gets sued. So I feel like this is the first step of pushing history out of the classroom. It's Mm. pushing critical thinking out of the classroom. Like whether they like it or not, the the world is made up of over a thousand different religions. Like our entire existence is based on different religious propaganda and different religious pushing forward and moving back. And like, you can't teach Native American history without teaching their religious beliefs. You can't teach Aztec history without teaching their beliefs. You can't, you can't teach anything without teaching different religions. You can't teach the history of China without talking about uh, uh, about Buddhism and in in communism and like yeah and then Egypt yeah like it's just it's so asinine. So you're essentially saying you want your children to believe that the world did not exist until America became a country and Christianity. But even that current day Christianity isn't aligned with Puritanism or or. Or Episcopalianism or Protestant, like there's all these different things. The founders weren't even purely Christian. So it's, you can't even teach American history without delving into religious history and religious persecution, religious uplifting. Like it's, I I think it's a, I think it's virtue signaling. I don't think it will hold up. I I think it's, I I, I think it's a way for politicians to stand there and say they're defending G- their white Jesus, their blonde hair, blue eyed Jesus, which I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. If he came from Israel, like there's no possible way he's blonde hair or and blue eyed. Like I, I, you can't even teach Nordic history. You can't teach Vikings. <laughs> like you can't teach anything. Anything. Nothing. So I, uh, again, it goes back to that whole, we are reaching a stage in American history where authoritarianism is on the precipice. And unfortunately, you have 40% of the voting population that believes this shit because they only want re- Christianity as they know it now, not even true Christianity, because you know what else they don't teach in schools? Fucking crusades, how Christians have slaughtered millions of people in the name of Christianity and Catholicism. Like they don't, Henry the eighth, 
motherfucker. He cut off, he killed eight of his wives. Like, goddamn. Like, you, you can't even, the King James Bible came to be because he wanted to, because of Protestantism. Like, you can't even teach the actual history that you uphold without talking about this. I, I think it's, I think it's gaslighting. I think it's a distraction technique because there's a shitload of them right now that are in trouble for January 6th and being traitors, mm-hmm. being fucking uh-huh. traitors. I think it's a distraction because there's no fucking way this holds up in the Supreme Court. That's just, that's just what I think. Even well, with I the current Supreme it. Court. Yeah. Even with the current Supreme Court, because you start dictating religious history being taught, you start dictating that, that, no, no, I, I don't think this holds up in the Supreme Court. Even if all nine justices were appointed by Trump, this doesn't hold up. I also think it comes back to you saying that teachers are underpaid because yeah. what if that one child Peace comes out, in bro. with a red Peace dot on their forehead and the next child comes in with a turban on their head and a child says, hey, what's that mean? You know, that's a teaching moment. That's a teaching moment for a teacher to say, Let's talk about different religions. Let's talk about different, you know, cultures. Let's talk about what, you know, how each household has their own thing. Listen, if you want to teach kids in this bubble, fucking homeschool them and leave them out of, uh, out of public schooling. Public schooling is paid by tax dollars. Tax, tax money is made up of different people from different backgrounds with different religious beliefs. So you want your bullshit fucking neo-Nazism taught, teach that shit at home and then see how they fare in the real world. Like I don't keep that shit out of public schools. Going through that schooling. Yeah. I don't I don't know nobody does about each other. I I hate that it's like all all these things are like all these things are turning political teachers. Like teachers are already just can't barely make a living. They make nothing. They're taking care of your fucking kids all day long teaching them things like literally teaching them life you know in in the classroom and it's like now we're gonna attack teachers and hold them account like get but here's here's the reality of it too you know why the supreme court won't turn on this and i'll tell you exactly why because raising a population we're already experiencing a population decrease people aren't having as many kids as they used to have especially intelligent educated people are not populating the world America will not be competitive if they are not globalized. If we cannot talk to or have conversations with the rest of the world as far as trade and negotiations and imports and exports go, we will die. Mm -hmm. America will die. Mm -hmm. So the bigger picture besides this fucking virtual signaling and gaslighting going on is that the Supreme Court justices know that. They can say whatever they want and when they're interviewed or asked questions or, you know, their their fucking clerks can speak for them. America will not survive as isolationists in this current state of the world. We just can't. We have to talk to China. We have to talk to Europe. We have to talk to all these other locations or we will lose everything. So because America is a capitalist society, we cannot afford, it purely comes down to money. We cannot afford this, this line of thinking. And if we do, then we deserve to be overrun. We deserve to be taken over. We deserve to be destroyed because that is not 
That is not the foundation on which we were founded. It is, it, it, it just isn't. Even the most religious of our founding fathers who are flawed and imperfect and racist, this is not what they envisioned. And it w- we will fail and we would deserve it. We would absolutely fucking deserve it. And you would have a major brain drain in America and all the smart, competent, successful people They'll go live in Germany. They'll go live in fucking Britain. They'll go live in Canada. They're not going to tolerate this. They're not going to raise their children in this environment. And the Supreme Court knows that. Mm. They know that. This will not stand. It will not happen. It just won't. I hope you're, I hope you're right. Um, my last topic I'm going to also include as my the beginning of what we're obsessed with because I'm going to talk for a little bit longer than normal about what I'm obsessed with and this time it's Alcatraz because if anybody has not um, visited Alcatraz or seen the movie Escaping Alcatraz you may not know but there were three men that actually escaped it was two brothers John and Clarence England Engler England 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 and um, Morris and they had this like intricate plan i mean this was like the most detailed plan that anybody could ever master and i think it they were in jail together in other jails in other states and so they had talked enough they knew morris was smart they ended up in jail cells across from each other so they were able to talk um they used their own version of paper mache to create heads they used hair from the barber shop that they collected and glued hair to the heads to put in their beds to pretend they were still sleeping. The three of them chiseled their way out with sharpened spoons. Um, one of them even had access to a broken vacuum that had two motors. They stole one of the motors and made an electric drill. Um, they had amazing ways of like orchestrating this attempt at escaping they stole so many rain jackets and life um preservers and created a 16 by i think it was 16 by 5 or 16 by 6 boat that they dug a hole in one of their ceilings and were able to cover it with a vent and they hid it up there and every night they would pull it down and they would add little pieces of raincoat to this life raft and they would melt it together okay so these guys I mean, geniuses. And so I've heard this story growing up, like my whole life. This was in the 60s. So it's I've the been three in- guys, right? That bounced and they never, and they think either they drowned or right. so they I've got this, away. Probably because we lived in the Bay Area. I don't know. Yeah. I've heard this story my whole life. I've done mm-hmm. the Alcatraz tour a few times. Mm-hmm. I took my husband to see it. Like I've heard this story before. And I've always said, I really hope they made it. And I was telling my daughter this story today in the pediatrician's office and she goes, I hope so too, but we should probably Google what they were in for before we hope that these like murderous (laughs) rapists are getting by. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So it's really cute. The brothers, John and Clarence, they were bank robbers and they never wanted to hurt anybody. They were poor and there were two of 13 kids. And they never wanted to hurt anybody. So the only weapon they ever used was a toy gun and big robbery. And they were sentenced to 15 years on Alcatraz. Jesus. It makes you kind of want them to survive a little bit more. Right. You guys had this amazing intricate 
plan. They escape Alcatraz at like 10 p.m. in 19, I want to say 62, and they're gone. They don't discover until the next day that they're missing because these heads that they made, you know, in their beds were so amazing that they don't discover that they're missing for so long that once they put it out there that these guys have escaped, they do aerial searches. They do boat searches. They do everything they can do to find these guys. They find out from two other guys that were trying to escape with them, but couldn't make it happen. A lot of details. You'll have to read about it. Couldn't make it happen that their idea was that they were going to make it to the Island angels Island. They were going to rob somebody and take their car, go to a store, rob the store in the middle of the night, take some clothes and then make it to another state. So what the cops did is they like, um, (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, this is like, no, um, I love this. I love how excited you are for so many years. Okay. <laughs> so the cops have been watching the area for signs of a robbery in a store for clothing or somebody getting carjacked and nothing happens. So then a month later, there's two sightings of bodies in the water floaters that have enough denim clothing on that they think that's probably two of them. So they think, okay, that's probably two of the guys. They didn't make it. They also find the wallet of one of the England Mm. brothers. They find um, part of their raft. They find all this evidence and they say they probably didn't make it. Let's just say they drowned. There's also, there's a part of San Francisco where fresh water comes down into the bay and salt water comes in from the ocean where sharks won't go and Alcatraz kind of borders the line. So there are sharks near Alcatraz. So they thought sharks probably ate them. So another really cool thing is that Alcatraz used extra, extra hot water in their showers and sinks so that no man could get acclimated to cold water to try to swim it. So that's like a little like unknown fact that they did. Yeah. So, I mean, they were like ready for these guys. So It turns out that all this evidence has been like coming into the FBI for years that kind of says that maybe they made it. And the FBI has been keeping it quiet because they're like, "Uh, we don't believe it. So it turns out in 2013, a letter was written from one of the brothers, John, and he says, I'm in my 80s now. My health is declining. I have cancer. If you will go on TV and say I made it and give me all the health care that I need, I will tell you where I am. And I and part of the deal is I only have to serve one year in prison. And the FBI is like, no, dude, screw you. You escaped Alcatraz. You're going to serve more than five years. Like, what are you talking about? So they were like, no deal and kept it quiet and never told anybody. So then... Fucking FBI, <laughs> goddamn it! I know. So they released all this way later in 2017, 2018 ish. They released the letter and said, "FYI, like this is what happened." And they went to re-interview the family members, and it turns out the guy John had died by then. And the family members finally admitted they had gotten flowers on Mother's Day. They got Christmas cards for like ten years. There was one of their friends that actually had a picture with the two brothers. And Where'd they so go? That, Where were they? Uh, at that time, I think he didn't say, but there was a rumor it was Brazil. 
um there was (laughs) they did handwriting analysis to compare the two and said it was inconclusive but another guy said no it's definitely john's handwriting um there was all this evidence that says that they really did make it and i like read through each piece of the evidence and i was so excited because from 12 year old me going i want to say they made it everybody's saying they didn't make it there were sharks they found the the tube tore up whatever you're like vindicated (laughs) so i genuinely think if anybody jacks you're muted um if anybody is super interested in this like me and is like i want to read all the little details to like be convinced there's like 15 details that say that they made it uh some guys actually did it was kind of like mythbusters but they were from another country they actually did a thing to show that like um somebody could make it they did the raft and everything and they proved that it was totally possible that these guys made it and the fact that they found some bodies in denim there's people that jump off the bridges every day tons of people so that's not proof at all they were never identified to be those bodies i just on that MythBuster one, I think I know when you're talking about, they showed like how the current actually could have taken them away from yep. the bay and out to the sea with little yep. effort, like just yep. surviving the water. Like that's where the current would have actually taken them. And at the time they had said, if they had not been acclimated to cold water, they could only withstand the 50 degree water from the bay. It was 50 to 54 degrees at that time in October. I think it was, they could have only withstood 20 minutes in that water. But now the Mythbusters busted it and said it was actually a lot longer than a, the human body could survive. Look at the Titanic. How long those people sat in below way colder water. For, yeah, mm-hmm. that's bullshit. Right? Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, well, and, not for Jack Dawson. I was I mean, he said, especially without a door. And <laughs> <laughs> you'd be it. surprised too what your body, what your mind will make your body get through for something like that. You know, like yeah. you have to stay. Well, yeah, alive. like remember when I was saying that Shawshank Redemption is one of my very. Fa- I know it's not based on a true story, but it's like you know he crawls through a river of shit. Like, right. Literally, like, I think about that sometimes. I mean, of course, because I just fucking think about the most dumb fucking shit. But like, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I could do that. Never. You're never going to have to do that, Aaron. I interviewed all the family members after the first year and they said, have you heard from them? Is there any evidence? Have they contacted you? And I mean, there is so many family members. There are 13 siblings. There were aunts, uncles, cousins, like tons of them that said, no, they, we have not had any contact. They are dead that are now coming out. Now that the guy said, I'm 80 something, I have cancer and I'm about to die that now in 2017, 2018 are coming out and showing all this proof and all the letters and postcards and all the Christmas cards and all the stuff with like all the handwriting and saying, okay, they've been in contact with us. If you're, if you're a person that appreciates history, you will know, don't ever count a human being out. The shit that they can go through to overcome adversity and survival is look at the Holocaust. Look at what some of those people live through that have gone on to have families. You're talking about being pushed into cars, knowing that they're going to die gas chambers, watching their, their family members die around them. Like don't ever, if a person is determined to survive, 
if they have any impact over it. I never can. I always believe stories like this because I'm like, they plan this for years. They plan it for years. Like the mental hurdle of getting yourself just to that shoreline, if it was possible, if it was possible, if they weren't eaten by a, a shark or whatever, they did it. I fully believe that. And you know what? You escaped from Alcatraz? Fucking be on your way. Like you deserve. I guess I can escape the gas caban, like in Harry Potter. Like if you, you escape from Azkaban, you're. Well, you're, and I think that's that's kind free. of why some of the people that are being interviewed now that are family members, some of the siblings especially, said, "I'm going to come out now and tell you that he, they're definitely alive, and that picture is very real." Um, because he came to you at that time and said if I could just do one year and, and get my medical paid for, then I'll tell you where I am and I'll serve my year. They're angry at that. So yeah. they're like, screw you guys. They survived just to let you know. You yeah. Know, fuck like, you. Yeah. They should you have know, been. Yeah. You escaped. You know, what's interesting too. They obviously weren't that bad of dudes if they never reoffended and never got yep, in trouble right. again. They robbed like, banks with a toy gun. All right, Joel, let's hear your uh, spacing because we're way over already. Well, this right. is I get on soapboxes. It's a, no, it's not your fault. I get on soapboxes. This isn't space. This has more to do with just flight of something that I thought was really interesting. There's a Swiss aeronautics with Julie. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Swiss transportation company called, I believe it's pronounced Destinus. D-E-S-T-I-N-U-S. When I first read that, I thought it said DeSantis. I was like, um, why? Why? Why is she talking they about him? They <laughs> have done something that I think is pretty remarkable with, but the, because they have the funds to do it. So sorry, there's sirens and my dog howls with the fire trucks. Couldn't hear, um, hear anything. Okay. <laughs> um, so oh. they've sunk $29 million into this project and have created a hydrogen based aircraft that can fly at supersonic speeds and for people who don't understand what that means it means that it can break the sound barrier um and the reason this is extra cool is because it's hydrogen based and it's air breathing it puts off minimal um carbon dioxide into the air it's a carbon dioxide neutral aircraft and also why it's cool is they're planning on by the end of this year they are, are going to try to use it um, for cargo shipping. So instead of if you buy something overnight, you're still waiting 24 to 48 hours. They're talking about being able to get people's products to them within six to 12 hours. Obviously, that's going to be very expensive, but that's what they're shooting for. So they were able to develop this aircraft in four months. And it's because they have 50, engi- 50 different engineers working on it their next step um they're going to keep working on it but after they see how obviously the cargo the air cargo goes um they're going to try to get people on it and what that would mean is you could fly anywhere in the world within an hour or two love it anywhere you want in the world that's like crazy it's really really cool and the also and i think it's really cool too that it's going to be a carbon neutral aircraft so you're talking about lowering pollution faster times um 
I, ju- I just think that this whole thing is really, really cool. You could commute. You could live anywhere in the country and commute to work if you wanted to. Like if, if you had the funds to do it. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, I can move to California and still run Bay Cut. <laughs> <laughs> and for anybody that knows anything about flying, because we, you know, you have your airspace that you're different, that where aircraft flies at different levels. How they're testing this aircraft is it's going above the fly zone. Right. So, so it's so not in close to space. God damn it. <laughs> so, so it's not in the way of any other aircraft. It's not going to collide with anybody going that they're flying above all the other aircraft and testing it. And they're going to start hopefully testing it on cargo by the end of this year. So that's not that far away. No, that's Aaron, pretty- I'm going to, I'm going to hope, hopefully this sets your minds at ease a little bit. Okay. You're already a human that lives on a planet that's part of a solar system that's part of a galaxy you're already in space <laughs> and you're surviving i barely you know there's real <laughs> gravity <laughs> but i'm just saying like you're already you're already in space you are not helping oh <laughs> <laughs> all right real quick what's everyone obsessed with real fast that was mine alcatraz go I'll go. Uh, oh, go um, ahead, Aaron. I was just going to say, so I love Ricky Gervais. Like he's one of my very favorite like comedians. So he has a show on Netflix called the afterlife. Um, it is one of the best like comedy dramedy shows I have seen in quite some time in the sense that every fucking episode I laughed and every episode I cried. So oh, it's God. all about ghost whisper. God, but it's all about him after the death of his wife, and she obviously she passes away with cancer. Like it's very, it's not that's not a surprise. But it's every episode is him watching videos of her. Like some of them are her just speaking into the camera at him. Other is you know their life together and the fun that they had. But then like it's him trying to cope with this and how it's just so fucking good it's written by him directed by him um the cast of characters is just absolutely phenomenal um it's i i love great secondary characters like that's something that i feel very passionate about when i'm writing so like the fact that he these secondary characters that are in the show are just hilarious so well done um and it's just dry british humor so if you if that's mm. your jam at all this show isn't is, there only one season there's three now there's actually oh, okay. only three that's the end of the third season it's it's done but okay. it's i actually have so a really quick question for everybody that i'm gonna count this as my what i'm obsessed with are y'all gonna watch the jennifer lopez movie marry me 100 no. percent absolutely yes. not i Your love to make you we don't even have to ask you nope. Jack. J-Lo <laughs> she's not the boss of me okay okay <laughs> <laughs> What I don't even think it's on our radar. It. We watch here is Peppa Pig, so I don't think that's like. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. I love Jennifer Lopez. She is like. I think I'm gonna watch it. I don't normally watch the like Lifetime. Oh, you know what you guys should do? Watch it and tell me if I should carve out some time to watch it. I, it has I actually gotten some good yeah. reviews. It has actually gotten some good reviews. Shockingly. I'll do that for you, Julie. What are you obsessed with? Two things, but I'll be really fast. Um, the lineup for the Super Bowl, the halftime show, Dr. Oh, yeah. Bro. Bro. 
so excited about the, the that was definitely marketed to our generation. Oh yeah. my god! What a hundred percent. Like I cannot fucking wait for the. Oh, I can't wait for Mary J. Blige and Eminem. Like I, and Snoop Dogg. Oh. I fucking love Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg like, is my only. Like, come on, this is the best. <laughs> yeah, he washes disposable pans. In his kitchen, it's the best against parties. Yeah. He's a fantastic human. No, I love. I'm so excited, him. so excited. Um, also, the show "Inventing Anna" with Julia Garner is it it's good? a true story about Anna Delvey, and I, th- I think there was like a 2020 on or something too. It's super good. And for those who don't know who Julia Garner is, she's one from Ozarks. She's um, Ruth Langmore. She's Ruth. Yeah, she's Ruth from the Ozarks. It's a true story, which I always like true stories. And it goes on about how she faked to be an heir, an heiress. It's just really, and how she fucking conned a bunch of people and she didn't care because all she wanted to do is be famous. It is so good. And Julia Garner in it is fantastic. I always kind of have a hard time with people that I know are trying to have fake accents because I feel like it takes away from their acting, but she does a fantastic job with her German accent, German Russian. You don't really know because she's both. It, 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 yeah. it, it's, it's crazy. So that show is fantastic. If you I do, can it. I add one thing about Julia Garner? So I love her. I mm-hmm. obviously, but she was also in a movie called Grandma with Lily Tomlin. And Lily Tomlin's obviously her grandma in it. And like, it's her, it's Julie Garner is a young girl, probably, I think 16, 17 years old. And she gets pregnant by some jerk boy and goes to get an abortion. But the only person she can tell is her grandma because she's a liberal lesbian living in California. It's so good. If you guys have the chance, I'm pretty sure it's on Hulu. Watch it. It is a phenomenal movie. And Julia Garner is just, she, I'm so happy she called? is. It's called Grandma. It's, She's so uh, talented. So Julie talented, is right? So talented. Like season four, part one, fucking blow me away, man. Okay. So good. Um, here's what I'm obsessed with. The amount of messages that I got after our last episode on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram. Guys, listen, I don't check my DMs often. <laughs> um, but I went through them this week because I was suddenly getting so many, uh, worried about Lincoln. I, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the messages from our listeners concerned about my son's health. Um, it means a lot to me. Uh, he's doing way better, like way, way better. He's done a complete 180. He's back to bossing me around and telling me, <laughs> That his shoes are on the right feet when they're not on the right feet, but he but knows you're best. the daddy dog. You're the I'm daddy the daddy dog. dog. <laughs> but I, I just want to tell everyone I have read them, even though I haven't responded to all of them yet. Um, he is doing better. I appreciate it. Um, we were looking out. Uh, we have read that long COVID sometimes goes away and comes back. Um, we're keeping our eye out for it. But so far, he went to school this week. He was happy. His teachers were saying that he was doing great. He seems to be back to his old self. Um, He's eating. He ate 12 taquitos last night. 12. I've never eaten that many taquitos in my like at one sitting in my life. And he's back to eating, back to drinking. He's got his personality back. Um, He's, he's doing, he did a 180. So I just 
because I haven't responded to everyone yet. I wanted to tell you, I heard you. I appreciate it. Thank you for being concerned. And for all those that reached out and said, we get it. There's kids under five who are vaccinated. That's why we keep wearing our masks. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. And um, hopefully there's a vaccine soon, although there's been a delay. We can talk about that at a later time. But I, I, I do appreciate all of you guys being so concerned about him. Um, it's meant a lot because it's been scary and isolating. So thank you for everyone who reached out. It's been hell in the Dwyer household. Are you? For like it's brutal. Yeah. I, I gotta tell you what, this Omicron, Omicron variant kicked my fucking ass. Like I was grateful that I didn't have any problems breathing or anything like that, but I have just in the last day or two gotten my energy back that I didn't have whatsoever. Like I could just lay down and take a nap at any time of the day. Me that, too. that was the hardest part. And anyways, I don't want to get into that, but th- this, if you're out there, don't think that the o- Omicron Omicron doesn't, isn't as don't bad because that, that shit fucking sucked. <laughs> like you are exhausted for a very long time. I think that's the hardest part about COVID in general. I mean, aside from like, obviously not being able to breathe and going under a ventilator. Okay. Yeah. But like, it's the, like when you're not that sick, it's the exhaustion. Uh-huh. It's like your body is so it's, it's fighting so hard against something. It has no idea how to fight mm-hmm. that. It's like, it takes literally everything out of you. Like you can literally just like lean against the wall and take a five minute nap. Like it's no, so imagine nuts. that feeling, but being three and not being able to tell right. your moms that, right. I don't exhausted. It's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, it's in my mind, it just speaks to what a little trooper Lincoln is like. Mm-hmm. He is. Yeah. And I was, I was floored by the amount of responses I got so concerned about him. Like I, I just, I appreciate it. Our listeners are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So oh. it meant it meant a lot to me. We're also on TikTok now. Oof. The Tiki Taki. Go, go follow stick, us. Go stick go up follow. for us on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> follow us on TikTok. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Like we have a lot. We're of, funny. Yeah, we have a lot of social media out there that uh just go fucking rampage all of those. It's just go find totally. Us. You know what? If you're gonna if you're gonna be part of a mob, be part of that one. Yeah. One day have we a great, could be on here for hours. Hey, uh, have a great Super Bowl. Don't do anything dumb or dumbish. Don't do anything that gets you arrested. <laughs> and um, we won't be recording next week because I will be in Legoland with Tiny Lincoln. So we'll be back the following week. But We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in for the last several years. And for our new listeners, welcome. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye, Bye, Mom. Fierce Fan Media.